This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health conscious lifestyles. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our lifestyle choices. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, last week's episode inspired me beyond belief. <laughs> Which one? I don't remember doing anything that inspiring. What was it? It was the, the hobbies uh, episode. The hobbies? Okay, the so hobbies episode. you did a lot of disc golf or something? Yeah, well, uh, I went out on the, over the weekend and purchased a, a disc golf hole for my house. <laughs> okay. So that I could take that five or ten minutes like we talked about and do something for myself and get out there and, and play disc golf. Even if I couldn't, if, even if I didn't have time to actually go out to the course and play around, I could, uh, I could, you know, practice wow. my putting or, and my chipping <laughs> and that kind of stuff at home. And, uh, and I've been playing it every day. And, uh, actually Katie's brother is in town or has been in town uh, for the past several days and he's a big disc golfer as well. So we have been going out almost every day to play, which has been really fun. So, <laughs> okay, so for those just in case people didn't listen to the last episode, a, a disc golf hole is is just the the metal chain thing that you throw it into. Yep, it's a it's a basket with chains that hang down so that it, that act as like a backboard. Okay. Because if you think about it, like buying a real golf hole, it doesn't really make sense, right? I mean, you, you right. could imagine buying a cup, a little cup, but that wouldn't do you much good. So you, so you've bought like, no. It's like it's like bas- buying a basketball goal and like practicing yeah, basketball right. at home, right? So you've bought the equivalent of a of a cup of a little golf cup, <laughs> just just for but for frisbee golf or, or disc golf, as yes, they say. Exactly. Okay, yep. and then and then when you go out and play, do you have like do you create? Uh, a, a more traditional hole, like obstacles that you need to go around or something to to get into it, or are you just going right for it? I've been uh, I've been working on my putting mostly. <laughs> okay, and, okay. And, and putting is just when you stand close to it and throw into it. Yeah, it's within like twenty feet. Okay. Um, and I've been doing a lot of that, and then also we live kind of right next to a big hill, so I've been working on my downhill putting. And okay. uphill putting, I'd be like, move the hole up, or okay. I go stand at the top. So you know, just all kinds of strategy stuff. And it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna play well when I get out on the course. I mean, often. it sounds like it's gonna take your game to the next level. It will take my game to the next. <laughs> I have no doubt. You know, uh, golf is one with putts, real golf and disc golf, and uh, and so I just, I think I'm gonna just be shooting birdies left and right. That's right. You drive for dough and putt. No, drive for show and putt for dough. I believe they used to say That's on the real. Right. That's right. Same same applies for disc golf, huh? Actually, that was that that phrase was used yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, disc golf is is relevant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, good. Well, uh, today we are we are chatting another sort of sort of uh, just on the edge of what our what our topics are. I mean, this one's probably closer than than hobbies is. But uh, we are revisiting morning routines because so we did an episode Doug a long time ago that was about morning routines. I don't remember if it was an interview or if it, we just did it ourselves, uh, but it ended up being very popular. I remember that, and it was kind of one of the first times that we realized people were interested, maybe even more interested sometimes, in the habits type of topics uh, than or or as much as the uh, food and fitness topics that we typically talked about. So 
we are revisiting that just because that was a long time ago. I, I think that was two houses ago for me. So that <laughs> which doesn't mean that much because we move every year. It seems like, uh, but that was that seems like that was over two years ago. And uh, I would venture to say we have about three people who were listening back then. Yeah, I think I mean, we could easily have counted them on one hand, um, which yeah. now we can't. Which is no, good. We it can't. takes at least like three or takes, four. Takes a lot. Yeah, <laughs> no. several more hands. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing, and I've got a few new thoughts about it, some of which I've talked about in our other episodes recently, but some of which I have not, and uh, I am looking forward to getting into that. In the Academy this month, Nomi Athlete Academy, which we don't talk about too much on here, uh, we're actually going to be diving somewhat deeper into daily habits and kind of putting forth a, something of a system for getting done what you need to. So this is just a little sliver of that, perhaps, uh, in focusing on the morning. Yeah. So, um, with that... Let's see, Doug. Uh, you were telling me that you you thought you had a, a renewed appreciation for the morning routine because that's because that is a question I, I actually specifically remember me you asking that to me. You said I, I think I kind of expressed on the podcast an interest in these morning routines, uh, a budding obsession in them, perhaps. Which thankfully I nipped in the bud because uh, I, I don't think that's such a great idea to be, which we can talk about later. To be you know like focused on these little tiny idiosyncratic idiosyncratic habits people have. Uh, but you asked me why was I concerned about the morning? Why, why did I think the morning was a special time to make a routine versus, say, having an afternoon routine or even an evening routine? And for me, I feel like it's sort of that, that that's, your, that's kind of before the day has gone on and taken a life of its own. So everything is still in control, typically, in that first hour or two hours after you wake up. Uh, once you, most people, once you sit down at work, that's when the surprises start to hit you. You get bombarded with new email requests and things maybe that came in overnight. But typically in the morning, there's not that much that's going on other than you're thinking about the day and you're getting ready for the day. And I feel like if you have the right routine, it can really prime you to do that well. So that that was my reasoning back then, I think. And uh, actually, it was the same reason as like when, when I did my 100-miler. I don't know, if Doug, if you had the same experience, but... Uh, I could you could plan pretty well for all the aid station stops in the first marathon of it, right? Because you, you kind of know where you'll be. You've run that distance enough times, even in training, that you kind of know what you're going to need, and you you can trust that you will be still on your food schedule at that point, barring some sort of stomach disaster or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can plan for that much because it was sort of known. Once once you got a quarter or a third or a half of the way into a hundred miler, I mean, it's it's just like all bets are off. It's whatever whatever you can stomach at that point is good. Whatever you need as far as you know Vaseline or change of shoes, all that stuff is unknown. But the but the beginning is sort of still under your control. So that that to me is a nice metaphor for why the morning routine is nice. Like plan for what you know is can be planned for, and then in in the process set yourself up as well as possible for the for the unknowns that you can't plan for. Yeah. And uh, like you said, I do have this whole new appreciation for mornings and morning routines. Uh, you know, we've talked if, a lot over the last several episodes about um, uh, my new baby and how that has affected our sleep and everything. But no matter what happens throughout the night and, and how much or little sleep that, that we get, when you wake up in the morning and you start your day, everything starts fresh. It doesn't really matter what kind of sleep you got the night before because you have to then start your day. You still have to go to work. You still have to do all these things. And uh, while my routine has definitely become more flexible and uh, a little less uh, consistent, having the, having a few things that I'm doing every morning and, and really approaching that morning as an opportunity to start fresh and, 
and kind of uh, regroup um, has been really important. And so I, I've definitely come to appreciate the morning routine more now than ever before. And one thing I want to point out and one thing I want to bring up is that the last time we did this, I didn't have a morning routine. And I would consistently say, I think I said a few times in that episode, that I'm not really a morning person. And um, that I you know, don't like getting up early and, and that kind of thing. And I don't function well in the mornings and that kind of stuff. Um, well, I'm going to call a bullshit on myself because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that that is, I don't think anyone is not a morning person. Uh, and I know some people really thrive at night and sleep in during the morning. And I get that. And, and if that's you and that's working for you, then, then go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. But since that episode, over the last year and a half, two years, um, I have I've really started to wake up earlier, get my runs in earlier, take care of business and, and not, not work business, but take care of, of, of things that I need to get done um, and or want to get done uh, first thing in the morning. And it has it, it really has changed the way I approach the rest of the day um, and in a very powerful way. And, and I'm not the kind of person who is doing the three minutes of meditation and three minutes of uh, stretching and that kind of stuff that um, that a lot of people do. I, you know, I don't I don't like those those regimented rules uh, as much as some people. I don't thrive off that. But I use the morning as a chance to go for a run, have a sun sunrise run. Um, especially during the summer, I do that almost you know very frequently, mm-hmm. and 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 kind of use the, those mornings as a chance to set up the rest of the day. And I would have never said that I'd be the type of person to do that a few years ago. Uh, but then I started doing it, and I and I, I you know felt the power that, that the morning routine can be. Yeah, I I think I agree with you on that one. I also used to consider myself a night person more, and thought I like to sleep in. And then I I met my wife, and then she always had to get up really early. And for her work, which she which she used to do this this uh, occupational therapy job at a hospital, and she had to get up at like ridiculous hour. I don't know, five o'clock, just which maybe isn't that ridiculous for some people, but for me it was. And I just started getting up with her and actually making the smoothie. That was kind of my morning thing. I just did out of out of being nice and just wanting to not. I just felt terrible that she was getting up and it was pitch black out, and <laughs> I was just sawing logs in bed. So <laughs> I eventually started getting up, and then I trained myself to do that, and then I trained myself to go to bed earlier because I would start getting tired because I got up so earlier or so early. And, uh, and I did, I did do that. And then now I've kind of shifted back now that she doesn't have to do that job anymore. I, I don't know. I kind of think this is like a seasons of life idea. Like we talk about a lot where there are phases of, of your life where it just makes more sense for you to be a night person. And I think there are times when it makes more sense and, and you can, as you just mentioned, you can actually find the joy or the inspiration in being up early and getting this early start when you've always thought you were a night person. So I don't know. I, I also agree that People who say who just you know swear they are only a night person. That's all they could ever do. Uh, I just feel like you can you can change that stuff. But who knows? Maybe maybe as you said, maybe we're just kind of uh, projecting that because that's how we are. Well, I mean, maybe you know, and and, and certainly in college and stuff like that. I, I you know, if someone had told me that I should start waking up early in the morning and not staying up late at night, um, you know, I it wouldn't have made sense to me because that's when I wanted to be up. That's when I did a lot of my studying and and so forth. Um, but yeah, studying and (laughs) and drinking and (laughs) all the other stuff that happens in college. Um, but you know, but now, I mean, I think that once you have a, like an early set work schedule, you know, if you have to get up and be at work at eight or nine or, or whatever, um, every day anyway, then using that as a kind of, um, the structure that, that 
or I don't know, the, the, the thing that you have to wake up for anyway. So use that time before that to, to really set yourself up for the rest of the day. I don't know. I mean, I think that that that's really important and that's good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think once that structure gets imposed on you and you don't have quite as much flexibility, uh, then, you know, it's not quite as, as convenient to just obey that inertia of like, I'm sleeping and I kind of want to keep sleeping. Right. So it, and then that can end up being good for you. It, it can provide this sense of this discipline. You have, there's this hard deadline at which you have to wake up. And if you want to get anything done, uh, you know, pre-work, that means you have to get up this much earlier. And that's, that can be beneficial, I think, for a lot of people that there's this structure now that is, that is there. And you can't just sleep indefinitely until you feel like getting up, like office space style. <laughs> Are you too young for office space, Doug? No. Okay. Office space is early. It's like I watched it the other day and it was, it looks like an old movie now when you watch it. It looks like it's, I don't know, or mid-90s movie like it is, like the little fuzzy uh-huh. around the people. Well, it is old, you know, but we, I watched it in high school and stuff. Okay. I mean, I'm sure Good. it was probably a few years old at that point, but. Good. Okay. I didn't, I didn't gain an appreciation for that until I actually had an office job, and then I started to really like it. Uh, so you should, maybe you need to revisit it. I don't really have an office job. No, but you, but you did then for, for a little while. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, one more side note before we get in here to what we're doing is. I think we have we mentioned Eliza or and or your your parenting not not your woes but your the uh, the the parenting drama in every episode since we've started this year. I think we have, yeah. Okay. <laughs> which, which is why I, you know I, I'm hesitant to talk too much about it now because I feel like all I have done since uh, <laughs> since we came back at the beginning of the year was complain about <laughs> about lack of sleep. I hope like the day she's graduating high school you're still doing an episode that says you know i'm kind of a new parent still and it's still kind of <laughs> i'm still not quite back in my routine you know uh she is almost two eight weeks old wow good well that still is a new parent i mean that you used to have many months ahead of you of when you can still legitimately call yourself a new parent and adjusting so we'll like, keep mentioning it i often feel like a new parent <laughs> when i'm when i'm out with her and uh she freaks out and I don't know what to do <laughs> or like just hand her off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like I know what to do and I can calm her down. But you know, if you're like out in public or something like that, everyone yeah. looks at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what, what are you doing to your baby? And I'm like, well, she's just a baby. She's crying, you know, and I'm comforting yeah. her and it's fine. Yep. There you go. That's, it's just good. It's fun to take them on planes and stuff too. Cause then, oh, geez. then there's nowhere to go. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to. Okay. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> No, we don't. Okay. Maybe we should call it like the Two Bitter Dads podcast. We just totally change. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, uh, oh, and another morning routine thing that you mentioned that I don't know if you thought of, but the other episode you told me that you were drinking a smoothie and that was kind of your thing you could control. Like you weren't eating healthily at all. Yeah. But, or couldn't count on yourself eating healthily at all. But the smoothie was one thing you could and that's a morning thing, and you do it right away before the day gets out of hand, which is a perfect example of what we just said was, uh, was is, I think, one of the big benefits of the morning, or the big reasons to focus on a morning routine rather than any other time of day. Yeah, exactly. And, and the smoothie has been a really good one uh, for me in the last few months uh, for that reason, because it's a way to do something that I can rely on, you know, just anything. It's, like, it's a trigger, trigger habit that kind of sets me into a new day kind of Mm -hmm. reframes my mind no matter how wonderful the night has been um 
And it, also, it's a good way to get a boost of energy and get you know to a healthy dose that I can control before things maybe slip out of control, uh, which they're doing less and less of, of course. But um, yeah. you know, and so so for it, that was I was relying on Athletic Greens, which has been a great sponsor for for a nomad athlete, um, and uh, and it's just a good way for me to get that quick boost of of nutrients. There you go. All right. So um, for me, my routine. I feel like I'm kind of in a rebuilding phase of morning routines where I, I, I go in and out of them. I don't, I have not found one ever that just sticks with me for years and years. Like it seems to happen to a few people. Uh, but I think we probably hear from those people more often than from those who don't have one that sticks. So I, you know, I don't think it's as common as it sounds. If you listen to Tim Ferriss podcast where everybody has their own specific, hyper specific morning routine. Uh, but I've, I'm kind of restarting mine, and I feel like I've, I've over the past uh, three months or so, consistently done a few habits, and I like that. And it's just a few. I'm not trying to go crazy with it. Uh, I know there are schemes for doing it, like Hal Elrod's thing. It's called The Miracle Morning. It, there's a, it's a book. I think you can get it on Kindle. I don't think it's an expensive one, and I read it a long time ago. And it's like a hour-long scheme, and his, his idea there is, is you do six things in 10-minute periods, increments, so that you have an hour that you are giving yourself each morning. And I think that's sort of like the, a lot of people have a bunch of things they would like to do in their morning routine. So it's frustrating that you can't do all of them. And it's kind of overwhelming to try to commit to any, anything that, that would give you time to do all those. So what you, what you do with this case is he says, stop focusing on six different things you have to do. Focus on, I'm giving myself one hour. And then during that hour, you divide it up however you want. You can, you know, move the times around, but you try to get something in that neighborhood of things done during your hour for yourself. That's, that's still a lot. An hour is a big commitment, I think, to just add it. I mean, most people have other stuff going on in their morning. So it's, it's hard to just say, okay, well, here's an additional hour that I'm going to now start getting up this much earlier or something, which can be done. And that's wonderful if you can make that work. But, uh, anyway, I've, I've just, as I learn more and more about myself, I, I tend to move towards that kind of small steps idea. I just, just seems like it works best with, with all the other things that go on in life. So, um, what I've started doing, and this is, so I mentioned this before in our daily, like our, our 15 rules for living or however many it was episode. And one of my rules was make your bed in the morning every day. Uh, the point it was, it was something that I learned from Gretchen Rubin, who was the author of the happiness project. And then a couple follow-ups to that, uh, and that was that that making your bed is linked to happiness. And I don't know if it's a if it's a causation thing where the where the making of the bed or the fact that the bed is made, if that actually causes people to be happy. And this is like, you know, studied and not just like somebody's hunch, but but there studies or at least a study has been done and it said this has been linked to that. I don't know if it's a causation thing or if it's more that people who are happy just tend to make their beds more. Uh, but I started doing it for that reason and tried to do it most days. The problem is that what happened for me was that became a really easy thing to to put off just to kind of like it's such a small little thing and and I like to say something I learned from a guy named Jim Rohn that the easiest things to do are also the easiest things to not do because something as small as making your bed it's just such a little thing like it's kind of easy to just skip that and it, and your day is not significantly different if you do it or don't do it mm-hmm. so easy to skip it uh, and what would happen is I would I would even though I intended it to do it every day, and even for a while it was a rule that like I did not break, and I did it every day, no matter how late in the day. Uh, I think you, the, the purpose is sort of defeated if you make your bed at like just before dinner time. It's just kind of right. You, I mean, you're, you're assuming you're in the house and you're walking by your bedroom. I think that's part of the link is that you see this nice bed and you feel like 
you know, you're, you're doing stuff. You're on top of things. So if you're seeing your bed unmade all day, but you just make it, make it just before bed just to say you did, that, that's kind of purpose-defeating. Uh, so anyway, I mentioned a few episodes ago that I went to this Tony Robbins event. And when I was there, he talked about this habit he has of jumping into a, a tub of cold water every morning. It's like 50-degree water or something for a minute. He says it has all these, these profound physical benefits, and I have no idea if that's true. I haven't really researched that at all. But what actually struck me was that he said, for him, aside from that, it was this little mental exercise or mental training, perhaps, where he was basically, whatever he, his, his consciousness is telling his brain or his body that says, when I say we do this, we do it. When I say we go, we go, uh, which, is, which is you know the opposite of procrastinating, saying, when I say I, we want to do something, I want to do something, a lot of times your body and brain fight you back and they say, no, we don't want to do that right now, so, so let's just put that off. And what he said was this for him was his thing that if he just did this every day, because he did not, he does, never wants to jump in that 50 degree water in the morning. It just doesn't feel good to be in there for a minute. But it's this little form of training that he kind of has control over and can say, I'm doing this no matter what. And in the process, trains himself or trains his brain or trains his body or whatever it is to kind of go along when, when he says, okay, it's time to do something, then it's time to do it. So for me, not that I pretend that the making the be- of the bed is anything like jumping into that cold water, but <clears throat> I started saying after that, I said, for now on, this bed thing is going to be my very first little decision of the day where I have this little test and it says I can either not do this thing and start my day off on a path of procrastination, or I can do this thing and start my day off just you know, reinforcing that idea that when I say it's time to do something, I'm doing it. And uh, it's been really, really nice for that. I've done it every day since then. Haven't really. I've gotten to the point where I don't even question it. The the question of, you know, should I just not do this right now? It kind of has just melted away. And it and I, it's. I think it's probably sounds like a little insignificant thing to people, like making your bed big deal. But I feel like I have actually made progress in that area in the sense that it has become a truly automatic behavior that I don't question anymore. And uh, I, I really like that. I think it's a significant thing. I don't think it has to be. I'm making your bed that this is, but I think a tiny little daily, daily trail training that says, here's this thing that isn't that fun or that comfortable to do. It's just easy. It takes a minute. We're going to knock it out when I say it's time to knock it out. And that is first thing in the morning. I really like that. And you know, if, if you have, I think almost everyone can benefit from that. Perhaps there are some people who just don't, you know, don't care about developing the skill of not procrastinating. Maybe people who, who don't, you know, who may, if you just work a normal job and you're happy with that and you don't have desires of progressing and growing and all you know then then maybe that doesn't matter to you but to me it really does and i think it's it's been really nice to have this little tool to uh to reinforce that each day i think uh we should clarify that by working a traditional job does not mean you don't have no no yes i know i didn't didn't mean that at all i meant if you're someone who does work a traditional job and doesn't care about you know rising to the top there or contributing as best you possibly can yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't mean that at all. (laughs) No, so I think think that that morning trigger, that morning little insignificant, seemingly insignificant thing can lead to then, uh, you know, I don't know, set you up to then do your other morning routine. And I don't know. I I agree with you 100%. And um, while I don't make the bed, but and part of that's because I always get out of bed before Katie does. um, And I don't think she'd like it if I made it while she was still asleep in there, but... No, probably not. <laughs> um, no, but you know, but so for me, there's there's two things every morning that I um, that I find to be 
pretty important for how I set up the rest of, uh, of my day. And, and the first one for me is, is to then is to make that, that smoothie, um, or that, you know, some sort of nutritious, delicious drink, um, that kind of sets me, sets me up for, for sitting down and having a few minutes by myself, which is the second thing. Um, and most of the time that is, I, I end up reading the news or reading the paper or doing something like that, that, um, seems like not, mindless or it seems like I would be it would be too um I don't know I don't I don't know the word I'm looking yeah. for but you know it, it, but but for me it's like it's quiet time and and it's you know even if I'm reading a very serious article it's kind of this opportunity to be quiet by myself and wake up and um get my brain going and get engaged with with the day Mhm yeah, I have a, a very similar thing to that, and uh, so I mentioned this this habit of drinking tea, which I can go into a little bit more and clarify what what that is, and also talk about something else that has kind of come up around that for me. Uh, but when I drink tea in the morning, which is actually at, right after I make the bed, is when I go make the tea. The kids are out there uh, getting ready for school and you know having their breakfast, and my wife's getting their lunch ready. All this stuff is going on, so I make tea, and then as soon as they all go, that's when I sit down and I read for whatever, while I have the tea, read for, if I can get it, 30 minutes. Sometimes it's just 20. Uh, but I always try to pick something that that is not necessarily entertaining. And this is, again, I guess something of a, of a, I wouldn't say it feels like a sacrifice, but to get there from doing what was entertaining felt like a sacrifice at first. If I used to flip on the TV during, you know, a little bit of quiet time in the morning and watch Sports Center or something, then the transition to not having the TV on and reading something uh, intentionally something that is transformational or inspiring that's just going to set me in a good mood for the day. So I don't even do like informative learning like business books or or fitness stuff. Like I don't read to learn then as much as kind of read to just be put in a state that that I think is good for the day. And for me, that's just one of, of feeling motivated and, and inspired and happy. Uh, so I try to read something like that during that time. It goes nicely with the tea, right? Because people, I think we associate tea with being peaceful and and sometimes sometimes uh inspiring in some some way uh so so that all works out really well i don't have the commute anymore i used to just this used to be done via commute and i would listen to stuff in the car Mm -hmm. and again to to get to listening to something that was that was whatever personal development or in other other ways transformational rather than just listening to some dumb talk show on the radio or or a dumb podcast And, and there are transformational good podcasts that aren't this one but there are plenty of humans out there that you could choose. Uh, so I don't have that commute anymore. And I haven't been running all that much, I will admit. So for me, I'd make an effort to do that with reading in the morning. It's just, it's another thing that I just try to dump that stuff into my head. And it's just, I think it's just good to have that, have the, the I guess compounding isn't quite the right word, but that it stacks on top of itself. And that, and that yes, it's just 20 or 30 minutes in the morning, but that means that means every two three days you've done an hour of of reading and and done something that that at least for me which is important is putting yourself in a good state and you're spending an hour there each morning uh, that adds up so that week after week you start to get tens and then hundreds of hours and I think that's a that's a really really good thing so you can get through a lot of books this way and uh, it, you know it doesn't really take much effort in fact it's enjoyable just as you said with the with the newspaper or whatever else it's not it seems like it shouldn't be that easy like it's not light enough for morning reading but uh i don't think it needs to be i think i think that alone time is is often the reward enough and then and then you're able to, to do something you know challenge your mind just a little bit yeah absolutely so i want to i want to ask a little bit about formulas or, or if there are certain things that you recommend and kind of talk about what i my approach to that uh but first i think we should pause for a second to thank our sponsor 
Okay. And this episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. Matt, I like a company that looks at a business model and tries to do it differently. And that's exactly what Health IQ does. They unapologetically advocate directly for health-conscious people to receive financial rewards when it comes to life insurance. They look at your diet, how much you run, whether or not you swim, lift weights, or do yoga, and use that data to get you lower rates. Research has shown, Doug, that people who actively exercise have 22% lower cancer risk, 50% lower heart disease risk, and 34% lower risk of early death. Why not be rewarded for taking care of yourself? Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat. That's one word to learn more on all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. All right. So a lot of what we hear about morning routines is related to kind of a formula, right? Of like, all right, you should structure it with five minutes of meditation and five minutes of gratitude and five minutes of this and five minutes of that. And then all of a sudden you will have the perfect um, morning routine to be productive and happy and, uh, you know, you'll be able to conquer the world. Right. We do. But I, I wouldn't even say that we hear that a lot. I, I think more often what we hear is this specific behavior, whatever it is, could be meditation, which is one I, I agree is probably worth the hype. Uh, or, or this specific way, this, this journaling exercise, like the morning pages thing that I've mentioned a lot of times. Uh, which I like a lot, but I don't know if it's the right recommendation for everybody. Uh, we, we we hear, I think there's just this, it's probably the same exact mindset that, that leads to, this is the new superfood, and therefore we should all eat it, and if we don't, we're missing out on this amazing source of, of stuff. So I, I just, I think it's probably the same mentality that says, this is the, the hot trend, the adult coloring books, or whatever thing there is that now we should do, uh, and then, and then we all, they start stacking up and then we have way too many of them we could possibly do and we end up getting stressed out about them all. And I think, I think people like this. Just people like to hear about the new superfood. It's exciting. That spreads all around the internet, of course. Uh, I think, I think so does the idea that by adopting some particular, uh, you know, habit that, that is just the, the cure all or the, or the, the, I don't know, the miracle habit, um, I think that is just so pervasive on the internet. Like the Tim Ferriss podcast and, and Tim Ferriss's stuff, I'm, I don't want to knock him because I've learned a ton of stuff from him. He's tremendously successful, obviously. Um, so I'm not saying he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. But I just I had to stop listening to the podcast because I just got so sick of this idea that that you know whoever the guest was this day that, that their specific thing they're doing is of utmost importance that we all understand exactly what their particular routine is and their particular thing as if by modeling this, this thing that has surely developed because of all their unique experiences and because of who they uniquely are, that it works for them, the idea that that would work for us. I mean, that, that to me seems silly. Yeah, and, well, and, and then the next week that there's some other routine that, um, you know, is the <laughs> right. routine, right? <laughs> right, and then, and then he wrote his book, which is cool. I mean, he, he talked about all this stuff, all his guests and all the different things he's learned about them. Uh, but what I've heard of the criticism of that book, and, and I have not read it myself, so I can't fairly say this is true at all. Uh, you're, you're speaking about the, his new one? the um, His new one, Tools of Titans, I think it's called, or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the criticism that I heard was that it wasn't, there was no real unification, which is exactly what we're talking about. Like, yes, we can talk about each guest and what they do, but there wasn't really any sort of, okay, like having seen all these guests, what are the themes we can draw out? What are the things that, that all their habits have in common? And then in what way could we say, we ourselves should do something short of saying we should do exactly the thing that this guy's doing because I want to be like him. 
So, I, you know, again, not a, not a fair criticism when I haven't read the book at all, and I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, anyway, that's just what I've heard, and I think it kind of fits what we are talking about. So I think the response to that, or a response to that, which I actually like, is this this uh, kind of formulaic approach, saying, okay, we we you know kind of saying we know lots of people enjoy meditation or cite meditation as a as a crucial part of their morning routines. So let's pull that out and say, whatever meditation means to you, you should probably try to devote some amount of time to that in the morning. Mm-hmm. We hear similar things about the act of gratitude, right? Whatever whatever gratitude means to you, it's probably something that we should deliberately try to experience every day. Uh, some people say the same thing about journaling, right? You could journal all different ways. You can get your thoughts down on paper or, you know, typed out onto whatever, a Google document or whatever else. Maybe we should incorporate some element of that into a, a perfect morning routine. There's movement, there's fitness, right? There's push-ups or some sort of, some sort of short run, whatever. That's also a common one. So I, I think this is a, a good idea. I don't know if it's the, the right answer, but I, I like the line of thinking that says, let's move from looking at idiosyncratic particular habits and saying, what can we, how can we kind of generalize, generalize this and then make recommendations on what might be the, the best routine that someone could fill in the blanks for their own, right? Like the smoothie formula, like our other formulas where we say categories of ingredients and then fill in the, the category with whatever nuts and seeds you have around, which whatever, whatever frozen berries you have in the freezer. Uh, I, I kind of like this. And this is what we had a guest post from Matt Yeager on recently on No Made Athlete. It's called uh, How to Use the First 20 Minutes of Your Morning to Transform Your Day. It is nomadeathlete.com slash morning dash routine if anyone is interested. So Doug, I, I sent you were taking a, a critical approach to this this method of, of picking formulas and, and trying to fill in the blanks. Is that is that accurate? Uh, no, it's not. Actually, I was kind of trying to do the opposite um, <laughs> and use the word formula in, when I shouldn't have. Uh, you know, I, I meant I, I was actually making a very similar point to what you what you were doing, where it was like these specific habits that if only you could just do each of these one little thing, um, that uh, that then you would have the perfect morning. Where whereas I believe that um, we're all different and we're all you know going to be inspired or um, gain energy, pull energy from different activities and different things. Uh, so having more of a formulaic approach where you can fill in the blanks uh, with your own unique experiences and your own unique uh, take on it um, is, I think, way more important and way more valuable than listening to us and saying, okay, making the bed is that certain thing or reading the news is that certain thing. But maybe maybe it's instead of reading the news, it's just having a few minutes to uh, sit by yourself and um, and ingest some sort of information. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, and 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 so exercise for me, and and even for me, so exercise is another big part of my morning routine. When I when I had an active, perfect morning routine this summer, um, and but it looked different every day. It wasn't just ten minutes of stretching or ten minutes of yoga or, or thirty minutes of yoga. It it kind of depended on the day, and most of the time it was for it was a run, but that that run could have been thirty minutes or it could have been an hour, you know, and it looked a little different every day. Um, and, and that, but, but the important part was that I was getting out and exercising and moving my body as one of the very first things I did every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. It, it seems like in any of these formulaic approaches, there's, there's time built in for some sort of movement. Cause certainly that, that gets you going in a way that, that no amount of, of reading or taking in information does it, you know changing your body it just puts you into another state and if, if you're making energetic movements or you're moving that that just tends to 
put you into states that are associated with energy and movement. And so I think it's a great, good, very good part of morning routine. In fact, probably the, the next thing that I will add to mine as I get confident with, with the stuff I'm doing uh, will be some sort of movement thing. Uh, and, and I would add to that, so you mentioned that, that some sort of taking in information, um, I, I guess it could be any type of information, right? Because between me and you, it's, it's different types of information that we are taking in. Uh, but perhaps that's a common thing that, that works for a lot of people. Being by yourself, being quiet, and taking in information. Uh, the making the bed thing, like you said, that I, I would never recommend that as a, the specific thing that someone should do to, to fix their problems or to start training themselves to not procrastinate. Uh, it could be anything. And I think you could even combine these things that if if push-ups are the thing for you that you might try to do and it just you just find yourself putting them off because they're so easy to not do, right? Because you can so easily say, well, I'll just squeeze that in after lunch or I'll just squeeze that in during this little break in the afternoon uh, because it takes a minute or two minutes maybe to, to churn out a set of push-ups, and I guess depending how many you're doing. <laughs> but but that could be your thing That that is when I say we do this, we're doing this because I realize that if I don't do it now – there's there's a good chance just because I've seen it happen again and again that I'll end up not doing it at all. And then it'll get to be bedtime and I won't feel like it and I just, you know, and, I, and I've lost a day. So right. anything could be that. But I, I think there's something to that idea of having some little challenging thing that in your head is non-negotiable. It says, I am going to do this every day, not, not as a matter of it's so important that this thing gets done every day, first thing, but as a matter of I'm starting my day with a decision point and am I going to choose procrastination in this point or am I going to choose to begin every single day with this, with this small win and small victory? By the way, I should, I should although we just ranted about some of, the, some of our problems with, with the Tim Ferriss approach of, of specific habits, apparently somebody came on this podcast who I, I just was informed about yesterday and said the very thing about bed making. And it wasn't Gretchen Rubin. It was some military guy. I'm sorry, I don't know his name right now. Uh, who who said this was like a way of starting the day with a small win because it's something I guess that they do in in the the armed forces that that it's sort of a hmm. consistent thing that they all have to do that right away and I don't even know if that's true this is all secondhand that I heard this because like I said I don't <clears throat> listen to the podcast that much anymore uh, but anyway it, I, I was happy to hear that there's something that I'm not the only one who thinks this is good for aside from the fact that it has your bed be made <laughs> nice looking <laughs> yeah all right so. Uh, we mentioned meditation. For me, that is that is the next step in mind. So I, I have the make bed, I have drink tea and read. And by the way, drinking the tea, that's another one of my things. I have a bunch of foods that I do try to get in every single day. Green tea is one of them. It's one that I, I just tend not to do that well with getting it in in the afternoon or whatever, just not really in the mood, don't think about it. So it is that itself, although it seems like just a nice, pleasant habit, it's actually I'm trying to get this in. So that is deliberate that I want to drink that green tea then uh, and accompanied with some sort of reading. Then meditation happens for me, and it's usually a 20-minute minimum. I'm not saying I'll never break that. Sometimes I do, but 20 minutes is my goal. I'll go beyond that if I want to. I just Meditation is one of those things I've just – you just read so much about it. I mean the benefits, right, to, to the physical body, to the brain, to your mood, all just all this stuff, that these tremendous benefits from meditation. And that is – this is one of the things that, that is common to so many people – and it seems like no one really knows why it works. And it's, it's a strange thing. I guess it changes your brain in some ways, uh, you know, in a physical sense. But that's kind of, for me, I, I don't know why it works. I don't understand. I don't even, I can't even tell you what it does for me. I don't know that I feel really more calm during the day or that I feel better able to handle stuff or more in touch with, with what's, going in my, what's going on in my body and my mind. And these are all benefits you'll hear of meditation. But it, this is going to sound sort of like 
I don't know, new agey, woo-woo, which I'm really not that type very much. Uh, but I f- when I'm meditating consistently, it just seems like stuff lines up and goes right in my life. And I don't know why that is. It just seems like I get a bunch of opportunities that I that I would have only dreamed about before. Uh, I've had this happen a few times with, with the chances to meet or work with people who I really admired and just thought were kind of unreachable. Uh, so I don't know, maybe it's superstition. Maybe it's, maybe I got lucky that that happened a few times during periods of meditation. And now I'm addicted for kind of the wrong reason. The same reason somebody might get addicted to a slot machine that happened to pay off a couple times just <laughs> randomly. Uh, but you know, that combined with all the evidence I hear, the actual scientific evidence and the sheer numbers of people who are really successful in whatever it is they do, whether that's financial sense or some other sense, uh, and who, who say this is one of the things they do all the time. So I've made an, uh, an effort to do it. I've never really been good at keeping it up. But as I mentioned in a previous episode at length, in the hobbies episode, I think, uh, I discovered that the reason I was not doing meditation was that I was drinking coffee first thing in the morning. And I would drink that coffee, get all jazzed up and amped up to go to work. And then when I, when I would say to myself, actually, first, you're supposed to do meditation. So now do that. It would just be, no, just not doing that. So that it would be one of those things where I'm telling my brain and body that, we should do this now, but the answer was no, that's not happening. You you want to go to work. That seems way more fun right now. So it was drinking of this tea, which which I only started doing by accident because I was sick and couldn't didn't want to handle coffee in the morning that made me realize that this was working. Uh I've I've since though, even since we did that episode, which I think was that last week's episode? It was. Yeah. So what I mentioned there, I said like, so this is a good example of why you should try to get out of your box. Like get out of I got out of my box of drinking coffee first thing and just changed that. And then had this sort of unforeseen benefit that I had no idea was linked to the coffee that, that now I start was able to consistently do meditation. Well, since then, I realized something else. I realized that in my head, I've started saying that I don't get to have that coffee until I do the meditation. So the coffee is kind of, I wouldn't say it's become the reward for the meditation, but it's almost like the meditation has become the, the hurdle for me to get this coffee. And it's coffee, of course, is something I really enjoy. I, I totally enjoy the feeling of sitting down to work with a nice hot cup of coffee. Uh, so this isn't an anti-caffeine thing at all. But I found that that is maybe even more than the, than the getting out of your box or that the coffee was blocking me from doing meditation. Perhaps even more, it's that I had this new rule that, that I didn't really try to set for myself, but it kind of just came about, was do your meditation and then you can have coffee. And you don't drink the coffee until you do the meditation. And just that little rule has been one, for some reason, that's been really easy to enforce. I haven't broken it, uh, like when I just really want coffee but don't feel like meditating. But it's worked really, really well, and it has made me get that meditation done. And then I, and I start to notice it. If I, if I do put the meditation off for some amount of time, I notice it not because I miss the meditation, but because I really want that cup of coffee. And I, and I realize, okay, so i got to just go do this thing. And uh, it, has, it has helped a lot. So that's, that's a not new advice, right? Reward yourself or don't let you do something you like until you do something that is harder to do. But uh, in terms of morning routine, especially because coffee is this thing that so many people enjoy in their morning or need in their morning, uh, it makes for a really nice reward to, to, you know, say you have to do something else before you get that coffee. And why not have a cup of green tea or white tea, which even has less caffeine than, than green? Why not do that if you need something just to get yourself going? And then... Once you've gotten yourself going with a little bit of tea, do whatever it is that you want to and then have a cup of coffee. Granted, I have a flexible schedule and I, you know, you'd have to work pretty late to have time to do this stuff in the morning. 
So I'm not saying it's for everyone, or you have to get up early. Uh, but I still think that, that even if you do have a, a more typical schedule where you have to be in at work at a certain time and you don't want to get up that much earlier than that time, uh, I still think there's a way to, to incorporate this sort of idea of, of not letting yourself do this you know, traditional routine thing you do that you really enjoy, not letting yourself do that until you get this other thing that's harder to do done first. Yeah. Nothing like to add there, Doug, right? No, nothing to add. No, I, <laughs> I like it. I, you know, I don't, I don't have uh, a good example of something that, that is working for me, but it seems like a, um, a really nice approach to, to kind of getting habits established and, um, and tackling things that, that you know will benefit you but maybe um, you don't want to do, you know. Yeah, totally. And these, and these are tricks, right? I mean, I'm mentioning things that I have found that work for me. This, this idea of getting out of your box, this idea of making the bed, the thing about putting off this routine daily thing that you really enjoy and making that kind of a reward to you doing your other stuff, that has worked for me. I'm, I'm not at all trying to fall into that trap of saying, like, therefore, this is, this is the routine you need to follow. Right. Uh, but I, I do think those concepts perhaps can be used by people in, in creating their own morning routine. Even if you're not creating something from a f- specific framework that says 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of gratitude, 10 minutes of writing, 10 minutes of movement. Even if you're not doing that, I think you can take these little things and just add one or two little 10-minute habits to your morning. And I think that makes a, a really big difference. Definitely. I mean, that, that, that's really what I do. Because it's not a full-on like, all right, I'm going to work through these six different things or, or anything like that. It's like, I, there, there are really three things. There's the, the smoothie exercise and uh, time by myself. And th- those are the three things that I know will, will get me will st- in a good headspace going into the rest of the day. And, yep. um, and, and so those are the ones that I focus on. And that's, that's what has been able to, to get me out of the bed a little earlier and, um, and feel more productive once I get going with, with work and everything else. Good. As a final bit of motivation here or, or, uh, I don't know, inspiration to actually make some kind of morning routine work for yourself. Uh, the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman is really interesting. It, is, uh, it basically talks about how you know, we, we kind of think we are in charge of, of all our decisions we make. That throughout the day, we think of ourselves as having free will and that we have the choice to do whatever. Be in a good mood, be in a bad mood, uh, respond in a good way or a bad way or a constructive way or a criticism way to certain situations, right? We, we can do whatever we want, we think. Uh, but this book is all about how much your subconscious mind, I think he even talk, talks about it as being pre-conscious or some other things, that it's been a while since I read it, obviously. But uh, just how much we're actually not in control. How much all this stuff that is basically programmed into us that we're not, it's not going through our conscious mind, which is determining how we respond to the stimuli in our environment and throughout the day. So... What what the next logical step is when okay then how can we get that subconscious part to do things that we would like to to respond in ways that we would like it to do and it turns out that there's this concept called priming which is much too big of a uh, concept to to really go into here or mention there's a lot of studies around it about like this amazing stuff that will happen with with priming and I think we've mentioned this before maybe a year or so ago on this podcast where like if if a if you will hand the subject of an experiment uh, a hot cup of coffee versus a cold cup of coffee and then later ask them to describe a conversation that they have with it turns out an actor who's part of the experiment a few minutes later or the person who handed them the coffee they'll have this conversation with them and if they had the cold coffee they will they will say all these words that talk about that person that they talk to their personality as being cold or or kind of closed off and not nice 
Whereas if they were handed a hot cup of coffee by this person and then had a conversation with that person, they would describe this person as being warm and genuine and all these really interesting things. When in fact it was the exact same conversation, the exact same person happening, it was just the temperature of the coffee that was changing. Hmm. I don't know if this was a double blind experiment because I don't know how you would prevent the actor from knowing whether he was holding a hot or cold cup of coffee. I guess if he had a nice insulated mug, he could do that or she could do that. But uh, I don't know. There's, and that's just one example. There are many that are even better than that that are, that are too long to describe. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that, that you can really do to change how you're going to respond and react throughout the day. And that sort of, for me, is the, the justification for putting forth a good amount of effort to get a morning routine out right so that you, I mentioned kind of getting yourself into a good state to handle the day. That's exactly what I mean is priming yourself so that you will go through this day and, and respond to things in a way that, you know, if you could choose to do so that you would like to, to respond. Yeah. So check it out. Thinking Fast and Slow. It's a very long book, but if you can get a summary of it or an audio book or whatever, uh, or, or read the whole thing, create a little morning habit for yourself of, you of reading that book. I'm, I'm, I'm reading Michael Lewis's The Undoing Project. Michael Lewis is the guy who yeah, wrote Moneyball. And that's, about, and that's about Daniel Kahneman. Yeah. Right? Yep, exactly. And, and it's about, it's about and how we make decisions. Right? And Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm only about a quarter of the way in, but um, I really like it. So it's, yeah? Is it good? Yeah, it is. I definitely recommend it. I'll give it to you when I'm done. Oh, you have a re- you, you do real books, Doug? Like physical hard copy books? It is books? a real physical hard copy book. Got it for Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, I actually have a sample of that on my Kindle that I have not yet read, but his stuff is always good, and, and those two are fascinating. Their work is, is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good. All right. Well, then I think, Doug, that is enough. Hopefully this episode has primed you, the listener, and you're ready to go out there and, uh, I don't know, quit your job and become a podcaster. <laughs> Highly recommend it. What could go wrong? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else, Doug, before we, before we sign off here and continue with our mornings? I think, I think this is good. I've got a fresh cup of, cup of coffee right in front of me, and uh, I'll just... Hope it's, hope it's hot coffee. It's actually cooled down quite a bit because, because of, <laughs> I haven't... Because I went much, on so long about Prime. Yeah, because you just kept on <laughs> rambling. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. All right. Good. Well, uh, we will talk to everybody next week. All right. Take care. Bye.